Amen. We're thankful for everybody that's in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. We are thankful for the Holy Ghost that's with us today. And we want God to help us and have His way. Amen. We're thankful. Amen. That God showed up. That God's here today. Amen. And we want to say how delighted we are to feel God in this place. Amen. Uh, I want to say a great welcome this morning to Robert Davis that's with us. Amen. Yeah. We're glad you're with us. Welcome him. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. We're thankful for everything that God has been doing around here. And we're looking forward, amen, to what God is going to continue to do. Amen. I'd like to direct your attention, if I could, for a few moments as we go to the word of the Lord, to the book of Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. passage of scripture is the story is told of the man Zacchaeus amen and we're going to find out a little bit more about Zacchaeus here this morning Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10 and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans and he was rich amen And he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. Amen. He was, as uh, we've said, vertically challenged. Amen. He was little of stature. Amen. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. Referring to Jesus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And I give, and I, if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. And then verse number 10, where I'd like to draw the thought for today. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. I want to preach this morning for a few moments. A God who sought me. A God who sought me. Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord here today. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit and power, God. We're asking you today, God, that you would help us, God, that you would move in this place, Jesus. I pray, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you would anoint my lips of clay, Lord. God, that I could speak as the mouthpiece of God. But, Lord, that you wouldn't stop there, God, that you would also anoint every heart and every mind today to be receptive to your word, God. I pray, Lord, that at that opportune moment in this service that the anointing of God would shift from the pulpit to the pew, Lord. 
and right where we're sitting in this place this morning, God, that there would be a divine response. Lord, in the hearts of men and women today, God, I pray, Lord, you would cover every heart and every mind in this place today. God, we want, Lord, to respond according to the word of the Lord today. God, unite our hearts, unite our minds as one today, Lord. Let there be a spirit of unity, Lord, in the house of the Lord today. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. For a few moments, God bless you. Thank you for standing. Hallelujah. The story is told in Luke chapter 19 of that man, Zacchaeus. And the Bible gives us a little bit of a, a few descriptive words to let us know what type of an individual that Zacchaeus was. Amen. The Bible tells us that um, Zacchaeus, the first description of him was he was chief among the publicans. And the publicans was a particular group of people that is, uh, is a nice way of saying they're a sinner. Amen. They're, they're sinners. Amen. There's a parable in Luke chapter 18, just one chapter before this reading that we had here this morning. And, and in it, God gives a parable of in a particular temple on a given day, there was a publican and a Pharisee. And the publican was such an individual that he, the Bible says he was, uh, he was sorrowful. And he came into the presence of the Lord. And he beat his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm no good. I have nothing good to my name, God. I'm rotten. I'm dirty. I'm filthy, God. I need mercy in my life. And, and the opposite of that, on the opposite of that spectrum was a Pharisee who began to pray a prayer and said, I'm thankful that I am not like this sinner right over here. And perhaps with this nose in the air, I'm thankful that I'm not like him. And I don't even want to get close to him. He's filthy. He's undone. He's unrighteous. He's shameful. He's this and he's that. And I'm thankful that I'm not like him. And isn't it interesting that in Luke 18, amen, the previous chapter to what we read, that parable is told of a Pharisee and a publican. And perhaps it was that Jesus began to set the stage and begin to prepare people's minds, amen, that they are to receive, amen, the chiefest of sinners. They, are, they, would, they need to be able to open their hearts and their, and their minds and their arms, amen, to those that are lost in sin, those that are vile, those that have corrupted themselves with the things of this world. And Jesus began to tell that parable about that publican that was seeking after mercy, Telling a story of a publican who was seeking after the things of God and saying, God, I want you to help me, God. I've tried this and I've tried that. God, I've experimented with this drug and I've experimented with that alcohol and, and with this and with that. And God, I need mercy. And God begins to tell a parable in Luke 18 about that publican that was just desperate. Amen. Longing for something more in God. And then Luke chapter 19, God begins to get a whole lot more descriptive. And God begins to uh, reveal, if you, as it were, amen, to the people of that day. This is what that parable looks like in real life. There's a man that, but that is by the name of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a sinner. Zacchaeus, in fact, was the cheapest of sinners. Amen. Zacchaeus was somebody that was vile. Zacchaeus was somebody, amen, that lived a life of shame and regret. Amen. But make no mistake about it, that wasn't indicative of his financial situation because Zacchaeus was not just a sinner. 
Amen. But Zacchaeus was rich. Amen. Zacchaeus had a lot of money and perhaps we might, amen, if we're not careful, look at people that have money and think, well, they're okay in their situation. They're all right where they're at. They're, they're well off. So everything must be okay in their lives. And I would tell you that the gospel that I'm preaching on this Sunday morning is for the rich and it's for the poor. It's for persons for every walk of life. Amen. The gospel is for, as Revelation says, whosoever will, let him come. And Zacchaeus was a sinner, a bad, bad sinner. I don't know. Perhaps you've got a picture in your mind of what a bad, bad sinner looks like. Perhaps you may think back to your life and what it was like before you came to God. Amen. And that was Zacchaeus' life. He had money. He had, amen, he had experimented on the pleasures of this life. But in the heart of Zacchaeus was a dissatisfaction, was a discontentment. I've tried this. I've got the riches. I've tried all these pleasures. But still, there's something more. Amen. You can search this world over today, friend. And you can try, amen, every sort of appeasement for your flesh. And you'll find yourself at the end of the day, there's got to be something more to life than what I've been experimenting. And I would propose to you on this Sunday morning that that void, that that dissatisfaction arises because there's a place in every man's heart where God wants to fill it with the Spirit, where God wants to put His name in your life today. Oh, let's worship Him right now and give Him praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Zacchaeus was, amen, he was a sinner. He was a rich sinner, amen. He was what you might say a filthy rich sinner, hallelujah. He sought to see Jesus and he had that desire, amen. I'm looking for something to to appease, amen, that void in my life. I'm looking for something more. But he had some limitations in his life, Zacchaeus realized there are some limitations that I have, but I've got to overcome the limitations in my life. And if I truly, really, sincerely desire God to move in my life and God to help me, then I'm going to do everything in my power to get his attention. Amen. There's the scriptures full of stories. Amen. There's it's ripe with stories of people who cried out to God in spite of their shortfall. They reached out to God. Zacchaeus climbed the tree. He did something, amen, to overcome the odds against him. People did not want to let him in. He climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus. For he knew that God was to pass that way. And through the study of the scripture, and by what we read in verse number 10, it lets us to know that uh, there's a different side to this story. If we just read the story at face value, we can see that and we can begin to gather the fact or we can begin to rationalize and think in our minds that it was Zacchaeus that was searching for God. It was Zacchaeus that was looking for God. But, amen, verse number 10 lets us to know, amen, a different side to that story. Amen. Zacchaeus, you may have, amen, you may have been looking to fill that void in your life, but I would tell you, Zacchaeus, that from the very beginning of time, it was God that was searching for your life. Because verse number 10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save 
seeking after your life. God that's looking for your heart of hearts today. It's God that's looking, amen, to move in your family, in your heart, and in your mind. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save. How far did He come and how far will He go, amen, to reach the cheapest of the publicans? How far will He go to reach the cheapest of sinners? How far will He go to reach somebody that's lost in sin? Amen. I would tell you that He came from heaven to earth. Amen. A long, long journey. Amen. He enrolled Himself in flesh, took on the form of a servant, and He came down all the way to where Zacchaeus was and said, Zacchaeus, I've come a long way. And I want to tell you, Zacchaeus, I came to seek you out and to save your soul. Zacchaeus, I've come to make a difference in your life today. I want to tell somebody today, God has come a long, long ways looking for you, wanting to move in your life. Amen. You just realize you've got a void, but all along it's God that's been seeking to move in your life. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands one more time to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he came from heaven to earth to seek that which was lost. Amen, that which had wandered and gone astray. Amen, what is it? What does it mean to be lost? Amen. It's simply, amen, somebody who's gone astray, somebody who's wandered off the path. Amen. Perhaps you've heard, amen, survivor stories of people gone out to the wilderness or to the mountains and they find themselves going further and further, deeper and deeper into the wilderness. And then they reach a point where they realize, I've been going in circles. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's happened in my life. And perhaps that moment of panic begins to set in for that person lost in the wilderness. And they realize for the first time, I'm lost. I need somebody to help me. If I don't have somebody to help me when I'm lost in this wilderness, I won't make it alone. And the same thing has to happen in each and every one of our lives. Amen. And we've got to come to the recognition and the realization. I'm lost without God. Except somebody's in a helicopter or somebody's in a survivor search team. I'm not making it out on my own. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Such is the world that we're living in today. Except there might be many in this world that do not realize I'm lost without God. And I would tell you today, amen, we've got to pray, God, help this world to realize the status of their spiritual being. They're lost without God. And God said to the preacher, God, use me. God, help somebody to take to them the gospel message of deliverance. Hallelujah, that which has wandered and gone astray. And to bring it back and, and to save that which was lost. Amen, that which was perishing. Amen, in a manner destroyed and cut off. And Christ undertook the cause for the Christ undertook the cause when it was given up. Amen. By everybody else. Amen. Other people perhaps have looked at your life and said, well, that person's not worth saving. I've reached out to them time and time 
And they don't want to change. They don't want God. Amen. God's still seeking after you today, friend. God's still reaching for everybody in this place today. It's still the will of God. Amen. That you surrender your will to Him today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The earth, society, has began to view for many decades now people as disposable. People as, uh, as, Disposable, they can be done away with, they can be cast aside. Society has done that plenty of times. That's the castaway people, but not in the presence of God. God reaches for everybody, rich and poor, all walks of life, all nationalities, every color, every creed, every tribe, every language, every tongue. God reaches. And the church of the living God is a beautiful diversity of color, of, of thoughts, of all walks of life. It's a work of art. The church of the living God is a work of art. It's beautiful. And society has for many decades now cast off the unborn child. They've devalued life. They have done many things, amen. Uh, there's whole programs, there's whole uh, movements around suicide. And, and the value of life has gone down the tubes. But in spite of the lostness of humanity, God is still come to seek and to save. Amen. The world would tell you just end your life. It's not that valuable. There's no afterlife. There's nothing to worry about. Just take that unborn baby and, and give it to the doctors piece by piece. But I would tell you today that there is a value upon your life. Each and every one of our lives here today, there is a tremendous value upon your life. And the devil knows it and that is why he would fight you so many times. So hard to the nail. Amen. Number one, not to pray. Number two, not to come to church. Number three, not to reach out to God once you come to church. Number four, not to surrender everything. Because he knows the value that you hold in the eyes of God. If you ever come to church, if you ever reach out to God, if you ever surrender to God, amen, you can wreak havoc on hell's processes. Amen. And God can use your life. Zacchaeus, God wanted to use him. God wanted to make him great. God wanted to take that which was broken, that which was lost, and God wanted to transform it into something beautiful. God wanted Zacchaeus to stop being a thief and to start being a blessing to the poor, to start being a blessing to his fellow man, and to become honest. Hallelujah. That's the will of God for Zacchaeus' life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus was a dissatisfied man. His dishonest acquisitions added to his wealth, but subtracted from his peace of mind. Every step that Zacchaeus took, amen, he thought he was getting ahead, but in fact he was getting further and further behind. Amen. Zacchaeus thought he knew what he needed to do was just make some more money, was just take some more personal satisfaction. But each and every step he thought he took forward was actually one step back 
and he found himself beating himself up time and time again. And I don't know, perhaps in the mind of God, as he told the parable of the publican beating his chest, perhaps he saw Zacchaeus before I, before Luke 19 in, in the temple of God saying, God, have mercy on me. I would tell you today that God saw you long before you ever showed up in this place this morning. And God has his eyes locked on you today. God saw you when you reached out to him. He saw you when you were alone as you cried the night away. God saw each and every one of you when you reached out to him and said, God, is there really just a God? Is there something more than I have? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we love you this place this morning. Oh, come on, let's talk to the Lord right now for a few moments. God, I love you this morning. I praise you. Hallelujah, God, move in this place today. Oh, Jesus, have your way, Lord. Oh, come on, let's let the Holy Ghost have his way here this morning. Oh, book of Luke is full of many stories of people searching, seeking. But I think there is a, a thought woven through the scriptures in the book of Luke of God that is actually the one that's searching for humanity. God that is actually the one seeking. Where is Brother Tim Chapman? Where is Brother Nathan Hawk? I know that he's out there somewhere. I know God searching. Because it's in Luke chapter 15 that we hear another story that is told, a parable, if you will. Luke 15 and 3, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. I want to propose to you on this Sunday morning that it is God that is seeking, amen, and, and trying to save that which was lost. God has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's God that set out on a long, long journey a long time ago, saying, I'm going to go right to where they are sitting, right to where they're standing, right to where they are, and I'm looking for that person that is hungry. I'm looking for that person that's filled with dissatisfaction with the way life has treated them, with the things that they discovered along the way. God is coming this Sunday morning to seek out somebody. 
simply looking and he's asking the question, is there anybody dissatisfied with what you've experienced up to this point in your life? And I would tell you today if there is, God wants to save you. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to move in your life. He wants to fill that void in your soul today. Hallelujah. How important are you today? The Bible says he left the 99 and went after the 1%. The 1%. Amen. A few years ago, a few years ago, they came up with the whole thing of the one percenters. You guys remember that? Everybody was like, ah, that's me. I'm the one. No, the, not the opposite. The 1% is the rich people. Scratch that. I'm thinking the 1% do that. Sometimes you feel like you're all alone. You're the only one going through things. But the, the, they had to came up with that thing of the one percenters and, and everybody else is the 99%. This is a little bit different from that. This goes to show you how much value God places on the individual. Sometimes in a church as we are here this morning, we think to ourselves, well, I'll just stay home. I'll just skip out going to church. I'll just walk away. And we think, nobody's going to miss me. Nobody's going to know that I'm gone. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to call me. The scripture lets us to know the value that God places on each and every one of our lives. In a church setting, perhaps, I don't know, whatever the, the setting was here in the scriptures, it's, it's sheep in a field. It's a hundred sheep that was started out with by the shepherd in his pasture. And in the process of leading and guiding the sheep, the hundred sheep, you know, they go through different uh, times throughout the day when they have to count the sheep. Make sure everybody's accounted for. They go through and take an inventory, if you will. Is everybody here? Is everybody okay? And there's times, amen, it's just like that, amen, that I come to prayer as your pastor, and I'm, I'm, I'm going down the list of my mind. I'm praying for this family and that family and this family and that family. And, that, and the shepherds do that. They're, they're going through in their minds. They're saying, okay, is, is John here? Is Susie here? Is Sally here? And they're, and they're going down the list. Is, is everybody accounted for? Is everybody okay? Is everybody, is everybody being taken care of? And that moment happened when the shepherd counted. Ninety-nine? Let me count that again. One, two, seventy, eighty. 85, 90, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Who's missing? And God, that, that shepherd began to realize, I'm not miscounting. Somebody's not here. And I don't know what went through the heart of, what goes through the heart of a shepherd when that takes place. But the Bible lets us know the actions, the resulting actions of what happened when he counted 99 and couldn't find that 100 sheep. He said, I'm going to, you guys all stick together, band together. I'm going to go out and I'm going to look. Where is that lost sheep? Maybe in the mind of the shepherd, he saw it in the clutches of death, in, in the jaws of a lion or 
or a bear. Maybe he saw it trapped between a rock and just stuck there and, and beginning to bleat and, and, and die and whimper and, and, and God and the shepherd saw that lost sheep. It wasn't the sheep. It wasn't that 100th sheep that came looking for the shepherd. It wasn't that 100th sheep that said, well, I was looking for you, Mr. Shepherd. No, it was the shepherd that went out looking. Where are you? Where are you? You've gone astray. You've gone off course. Where are you? Those same words were issued in the Garden of Eden as God went through the garden following the fall of Adam and Eve. Where art thou, Adam? Where are you? You've gone astray, Adam. You've led your wife astray, Adam. Where are you? I'm looking for that person. I'm looking for that individual on this Sunday morning that you've gotten off course. I'm looking for that person that you've lost your way. I'm looking for that person today. Amen. That you've you strayed. You've separated yourself from the flock of God. And God's looking and God's saying, ah, you hold tremendous value. Amen. I'm preaching about a God who sought me. There was a time in my life where I began to wander astray in my own personal life. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I'll ever make my way back to God. I don't know if I'll ever make my way back to God. I don't know if God will ever have mercy upon me. Hallelujah. But I remember, amen, God reaching for me again and again and again saying, Nathaniel, where are you? And I said, God, here I am. Take my life. I don't know, friend, today if you have ever heard the call of God upon your life. If you ever remember the day when God reached out to you and said, Dede, where are you? Where are you? It's a God who sought me out. All along I thought I was searching for something more. But in fact it was God that was leading me. It was God that was searching for me. It was God that was saying, ah, where are you son? Where are you daughter? I want to bring you back into fellowship. I want to bring you back into alignment. I want to reveal that there is more to life than what you've been experiencing. It's a God who sought me. Hallelujah. The old song says, He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is due Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I could not come, amen, to where He was, He came to where I was. And that really truly is the story of the Christmas season. Amen. That He came to where we were. Amen. That God that uh, for many years perhaps seemed aloof and afar off. Amen. Somewhere beyond the starry skies they sang about. Amen. Said uh, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. But I will tell you today when He finally does show up in your life. Amen. It's up to you to respond. Amen to how you feel God moving and God talking in your life. When he shows up on the scene of your life, you've got to say, God, here I am. 
Hallelujah. He will leave the 99 to find that one. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many knows that he loves you today? He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves you today. Hallelujah. I am come that they might have life. Oh, hallelujah. John 10 and 10 says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Romans 11 and 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3 and 8 says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. What I am proposing to you today is that when He shows up onto the scene of your life and He says, there you are. Amen. You've got to realize He is reaching out to you and there is unsearchable riches in Him. Hallelujah. Oh, the depth of the riches. Amen. Both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments. It's abundant life. Hallelujah. You walk into abundant life center on this Sunday morning and it's still the will of God for you and your family to have abundant life. Amen. That more abundantly. Amen. Not the things that you might have experienced in the past, but there's abundance in living for God. It's overflowing in living for God. It's all the touch of the riches. How unsearchable are the riches of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's inexhaustible today. Amen. What does it mean to be unsearchable? It's inexhaustible. Amen. You cannot exhaust all the things that God has in store for your life and for your family's life. Amen. I can look at my life today and say I'm blessed, but it doesn't compare to what God has in store for me just ahead down the road. And it is 10 years down the road from the birthday. Amen. I can say I'm blessed and it's still. It doesn't compare. Come on, let's lift our voices. Come on, let's lift our voices. Come on, let's give you high praise. 
Amen. The Bible says how unsearchable are his riches. Amen. That is in direct contradiction to the minds of this world. Amen. If it's riches you've got, then you're a rarity. If you've got gold and it's valuable because it's rare, amen, that would tell you it's the exact opposite in the kingdom of God. Amen. That which is precious is innumerable. Amen. That the riches, amen, they're inexhaustible. Amen. They're unsearchable. Hallelujah. Case in point. Amen. We look at the value of gold and we think, oh, well, I should get me some of that good gold. Amen. Illustrious looking material, that stone, whatever it is, however it's classified. And we think gold is so valuable. But when you get to heaven, amen, if you've done things according to the word of God, if you walk through the gates, hallelujah, you find yourself looking down. I'm walking on streets of gold. That thing I thought was valuable. Amen. It's just simply a, a means to get me from point A to point B. Hallelujah. There is so much that God has in store for your life and for your family's life. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot come to church on Sunday morning and think, well, God bless me. I got everything that there is to have. Hey, honey, there's more than God has in store for your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a saying in the world. Amen. When you're in that perfect position. Amen. Perhaps you've got the best high, the most purest drugs. Amen. Perhaps the best partner. Whatever. However you classify it. And you look around perhaps and looking out your infinity pool. If anybody has one of those. And you're looking out of the valley. And you've got a nice drink in your hand. And everything seems to be good. And that saying comes to your mind. This is as good as it gets. Amen. I would tell you when you come to church. This ain't as good as it gets. It's going to get better. It's going to get sweeter. Amen. It's better and better and sweeter and sweeter. That's the gospel I'm preaching about this morning. Oh, let's love him today. Let's worship him today. of Christ. Those two, those two attractive words, riches and unsearchable, conveying the idea of the things that are most precious, being infinitely abundant. Usually precious things are rare. Their, their rarity increases their value and their price. But here in the scriptures, that which is most precious is also boundless. Riches of compassion and love, of merit, of sanctification, of comforting, and of transforming power. All without limit. All without limit. And capable of satisfying every want, every craving, and every yearning of your heart. Now and forevermore. It's unsearchable. It's inexhaustible. Hallelujah. I'm preaching about the incomparable today. Nowhere else 
can you find? Nowhere else can you find that. But in his presence. In his presence there's fullness. Joy. Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can go out to your club on Friday night. You can taste of the best alcohols. You can taste of this and that. Amen. That are self-destructive. You can experience a hangover the next day or regret. I wish I would have done that or said that. Amen. But every time I've come to the house of God, I've sought the face of God. I've I've gotten lost in his presence, Brother Tim. Amen. Every time without without fail, I've said, man, that was beautiful. Ah, that was so beautiful. No regrets here on my account. Amen. I just want more of God. Amen. I want God to radically transform my thinking, my mind. Hallelujah. I will tell you today that when we preach about the transformative power of God, it's easy to relegate. Amen. To the person off the street, the person who has no familiarity with the things of God. But I will tell you today that the transformative power of God is also for the sake of the pew that needs God to transform their thinking. I need God help me to get out of the rut in my mind. Help me to be what you want me to be. Help me to be changed. Help me, God, to think like you think, to love like you love. God, I'm not perfect. I'm striving for perfection. God, lead me further in you. Hallelujah. God was searching for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. I know you face, you've, you've dealt with many disappointments, many frustrations, Zacchaeus. I saw every time. Zacchaeus, I saw you that time in the temple. You prayed, you beat your chest. And you reached out to me. Zacchaeus, I heard it. Zacchaeus, I'm on my way to where you are. But Zacchaeus, one last time, as I make my way to where you are, could you make one more attempt to where I am? Zacchaeus, as I'm walking down that road, if you really are ready for change, Zacchaeus, humble yourself and go climb that tree. Coming to an altar is in many ways a humbling experience for any human being. It's casting, us off, it's casting off pride and any sense of arrogance. It's casting off any sense of pride. Saying, God, I'm nothing without you. In the world, I try to project I'm the best there is at my job, and I try to project I'm strong, and I'm this, and I'm that, but when it's before his presence, it's God, I'm nothing, unless you help me. Amen. I need you, God. Amen. I need you to help me. Hallelujah. I need you to help me. Hallelujah. We say, we're not emotional creatures when it comes to talking to God. Well, I'm just not emotional. I just don't have a lot of emotion to express. But somebody drops a brick on your toe and you got emotions. You're upset. How could you be so careless? And this and that. <clears throat> but when it comes to the 
presence of God, the altar. I'm not emotional. I would tell you that God has given each and every one of us our emotions to connect to Him. That with the emotional side of our being, we could say, God, I love you. I need you, God. I'm so lost in my own situation. God, I don't know how to get out of this wilderness that I'm in. I don't know which way's up or down, left or right, north or south, east or west. I don't know what I'm to do if the musicians could come. <clears throat> and in spite of the situation you find yourself in, God has showed up in your life. He says, I've come, Zacchaeus. I heard your prayer. I'm reaching out to you, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I know you've tried many things. You've tried riches. You've worked your tail off. You've connived. You've deceived. You've done whatever it took. you got money in your pocket. But Zacchaeus, you're also a sinner. Zacchaeus, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to give you conviction today. Zacchaeus, you need God. You need God, Zacchaeus. And God has come to where you are this Sunday morning. And he said, today, I want to abide at your house. Today, Zacchaeus, I want to bring you salvation. Verse number nine, Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house. God is here today to save Heal the hurt. To feel that void. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if we can lift our hands in this place right now. Come on, every every hand lifted to God. Why don't you close your eyes for a few moments? Why don't you just talk to Him?
And you know what I'm talking about. If it's for the first time in your life, you'll come to out. And God filled with the holiness, you speak in tongues, you'll know. This is an unsearchable thing. That crazy young preacher is preaching about. That screamer behind the pulpit. This is that thing he's talking about. This is unsearchable. This is inexhaustible. This is without measure. So much that God hasn't scored. God, I pray you give us a disposition today to seek you. To open up our hearts to receive your spirit, Lord, into our lives. Why don't you pray with me right now for a moment? God, give me a disposition, Lord, to receive from you that thing you desire to give to me today. God, give me that disposition of surrender today.
you and you out there so you can be the one to deliver a message of hope. But if we, what we got to do is we got to get a new direction today. We got to get through the Holy Ghost so that when God leads us to that person, that we can say, this is what God has in store for your life. Amen. I'm preaching on a Sunday morning to the church here today. But it's the will of God for you to be the ones, amen, that are preaching throughout the week to your world of influence. God, use me to find somebody, God. And the Bible says that we're in His hands. And we're His feet. We're the body of Christ. And God wants to use us to reach out to our world. So that the next time we come to church, amen, we're bringing somebody in tow with us. We're bringing somebody with us. And we're sharing what God has given us. We're not hoarding the blessings. We're not uh, becoming spiritual pack rats. Uh, but we're giving out. We're being a blessing. We're giving. We're giving to somebody else what God's given to us on Sunday morning. So right now as we close this prayer, I want us to lift our hands. Amen. All across this altar. And I want us to reach out to God. God help me, Lord, to be a blessing to somebody else this week. And I want you to use my life, God. Use my life. Amen. But within the church already, there's a key piece. It's God's put this thing together. And God is going to build a great, glorious, beautiful church right here in Lathrop. Hallelujah. I, would already, I want to remind you, amen, that this church faithfully gives to missions every month. To missionaries in Brazil. Missionaries to Portugal. And already there's reach that your giving has. 
you're you're offering your tithe are going forth reaching to the the country of Brazil reaching to the country of Portugal but what about the San Joaquin Valley amen let our personal reach amen be to this valley that the message that God has given to us this morning can be for this this valley this region our families we can take it to them that's the will of God that's the will of God and one day you'll look around and you'll see I can't fit we can't fit in this place because I've been doing my part I've been doing my part and God is going to bless the effort of each and every one of us today amen I want to say thank you all for coming to the house of the Lord I love each and every one of you and I pray for you amen we want to let you know amen at 3.30 today there is a good get together Amen. At 3.30 at the Duarte song. Everybody's invited. Amen. For an ugly sweater Christmas party. And we're going to have a great, great time. It's at 3.30. Amen. If you have any questions, you can see myself or my wife. Fallen service. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Turn around. Shake your neighbor's hand. God bless you. In the name of the Lord.